Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams podcast. I'm an entrepreneur and business mentor bringing you fun and thought-provoking conversations around money, wellness, business, life, and personal development. This is the space where humor meets depth and no topic is off limits. Let's fuck shit up. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast and another episode of Spill the Tea, which today is all things ask me a question. So I'm going to let beautiful Mads just take the lead today. All right. Hello, everyone. We are back. Um, so what I thought we'd do to start off with is just do a couple of quick fire, like personal questions. They should yep. be like nice, easy answers. Um, and then we can get into some of the juice that people have asked. Cool. Um, so the theme of today is really personal ones are just general. Um, and then we've got some personal finance and business and money. Cool. All righty. So starting off with the quick fire stuff. Have you ever had a boob job? I have... <laughs> I have not, but I'll take it as a compliment that someone asked that question, but no, natural boobies. Would you consider getting a boob job? I wouldn't consider getting a boob job, but I would consider getting a boob lift. Mm. I actually probably around six months, oh no, I would probably make, been more now. A year ago, I actually considered getting one just because I was like, I wouldn't mind a little bit more perk in the tit. But yeah, I think I was like, oh, I'll wait till after I've had kids and like, what's the point of doing one now Then I'm just going to do the whole breastfeeding thing. And like, so I, I think a few years down the track, I'll probably get a breast lift. Yeah. Has Oscar ever cheated on you? He has not that I know of. No, I was going to say, is there something I don't know here? Um, no, he hasn't because he's a good little boy. Love, love. And I also on that, I we've had very, very open conversations around if there was any ever desire for someone to be, you know, intimate with someone else and things like that. He knows and I know that we both have a safe enough relationship dynamic where we could bring that into our relationship without there being like a blow up reactivity and things like that. Like we both know we can hold really safe spaces for that. So I know that if that's a curiosity he had, it's like he wouldn't need he wouldn't need to cheat because we could have a conversation around what that would look like that's massive um and the third and final quick one is do you ever take shrooms or any type of psychedelics to see things from a different perspective um i have taken allegedly taken (laughs) here we go (laughs) i have allegedly or uh yeah taken mushrooms in the past um i have never taken enough to have a trip or anything like that but i have played around with microdosing and i wouldn't even say macro dosing but mid dosing for yeah seeing things for a different perspective but not so much more so for connecting with other people accessing deeper like um truth and things like that it almost feels like when i access it it's a dissolving of the ego where you don't have to intentionally make sure that you're not being reactive or your ego is not at play because it's just not a play so you can see what you would actually think feel or say without your ego filtering what you would think, feel or say. So it just Mm. helps me access deeper levels of self-honesty. So I wouldn't say I use it to see things from a different perspective. It's more I use it to see things from its truest perspective. Mm. Is it something that you think you would continue to do like as you grow and get to new layers of yourself as well? Yeah, absolutely. Like I think I, I think the most important thing is you trust your body and you trust your intuition with it. Last year I had a huge pull and a huge calling and I would say I probably microdosed on and off for a whole month last year. Um, and then I did a few other experiences with like friends and um, my partner and things like that where we did it together when it was like a slightly bigger dose and things 
things like that. But I would, I probably, I don't know, never say never, but I wouldn't really use a bigger dose by myself. I do find it something to do with like other people to deepen intimacy and things, but I would definitely microdose again. I just haven't felt the calling since last year and I just think any any plant medicine you have to trust and you can't go in with ego so another example is like ayahuasca Mm -hmm. is one that a lot of people do and you can have incredible experiences doing but if I was to do that now it would be my ego it would be like oh I want to see what it's like to do ayahuasca not because I have this pull in my body where it's a curiosity and a pull and a desire like I did when I first um did shroom so it's just that it's a plant medicine and it's something that you drink, but you trip for, I think from memory, you you stay, it takes like seven hours or something, four to seven hours to fully get out of your system. But people who do it have insane, insane, like everyone's experience is different, but some people are convinced that like they met and spoke to God, that they met consciousness um Aubrey Marcus has incredible podcast episodes on his experiences um taking ayahuasca as well he said he met two gods and one was the masculine god and one was the feminine god and one was creator and one was something else and like he just said that he came out having a full understanding of like how the universe works and what his purpose here was and things like that um some people can get closure if they've had like grief and things like that they feel like they can connect with like loved ones like everyone's experience is just so incredibly different um but it can also be incredibly dangerous as well especially if you're doing it with people who aren't guided because you purge a lot so you throw up and things like that and you're almost in an unconscious state. So some people actually die by um, choking on their own vomit. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty intense. That's crazy. Mm. That's cool though. It's really cool that there's different level. Like, and I think it's your intentionality that you go into doing anything like mm. that. A bit different. But when I was in Bali, you know, the good old sh- mushroom, mm. um, is it juice or smoothie or something? Um, when I w- went over there with two girlfriends once, we had like one of those and we shared it between the three of us. And two of us had like just a really good experience. Like it was more just feeling into our body and like kind of going through the motions of the mm. bit of the high and stuff that you get. But one of the other girls like hated it. Like she was very like, didn't like the feeling that she had going through her body. And like it was a, as soon as we were out of it, she was like, I'm never doing that again. Like mm. she just was the complete opposite so it is interesting because we were open to it and obviously at this time we were nowhere near as conscious and aware of like everything within our body and who we are as a human so it was more I guess for the fun side of it Mm. but yeah it is really interesting just how it can be completely different for everyone I've been I've been with people that have had not good experiences and not even on a macro dose like not even on a trip but they almost had an experience where they couldn't stop laughing but then they felt like everyone was judging them for laughing and they went into like almost like a shame spiral of like stop watching me laugh and they actually had to leave the room they like couldn't be around anyone because they felt like everyone was like judging them mm. like a, like a hardcore feeling of like just felt like everyone's eyes was on them that that everyone was judging them for like laughing and then they felt like I don't know they had all this weird experience of feeling like aliens were watching it was crazy and that wasn't even a full trip it was just like a uh intuitive feeling that they had and they had to remove themselves from the group it was pretty intense yeah I think that's similar to the girlfriend that was with us and it, it was more a touch thing though like she because she was 
felt all of the feelings physically in her body. Mm. So she was almost like trying to sort of touch us and stuff. And we were like, just let us be like, mm. it's fine. And then that's when she had like the judgment came in for herself was like, oh, they don't want me there. Like, and mm. it was really that like isolation feeling that yeah. she went into, which was really interesting. Yeah. And I think um, whether you're going to have a good trip or a bad trip and not even, I, I shouldn't use the word trip experience, yep. let's say, comes down to two things. One, your intention of why you're doing it. Are you doing it because ego and like, like fuck yeah, like let's see what happens and other people are doing it or is it like, oh, I feel really called to explore this and you feel open? And secondly is it can somewhat, not always, but um, like anyone can have a not good experience no matter how much work they've done, but it also can reveal deeper where your mindset's actually at when you can't convince yourself that it's otherwise. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. We'll keep moving through now. So we're going to hit you with some personal finance questions. Yeah, let's do it. Alrighty. So... How much money did you save last month? Um, I have no fucking clue. I don't save. <laughs> okay. I don't Easy. save. I don't yeah. save. So I actually could not even tell you. Yeah. Okay. What is your weekly budget on everything? I don't have a budget. <laughs> One, I'm, when you make fucking bank, you don't, you're not budgeting, yeah. right? And the only time I would budget was if there was a really big expense where I needed to be intentional. So let's say... I recently put a deposit down for a commercial warehouse and I know by Christmas next year, by the time that um, settles, I'm going to have to probably have another 150K ready. So it could be like, what do I need to do to ensure? But it's for me now, it's not budgeting. It's just like, oh yeah, be intentional about putting money aside for that purchase. But it's not, nothing's ever like, how much am I spending here? The only thing where there's budget is... And it's not budgeting, it's just um, conversations is my partner and I will have conversations around what do we feel comfortable spending on rent and we'll pick a house based on that. What do we feel comfortable spending on a cleaner per week? What do we feel comfortable? But it's not so much like a budget thing. There's just like the big overall expenses of like based on how much money we make, how we want to live our lifestyle and things, what do we want to do? So for example, if you had no intention to travel ever, well, your how much you would be okay spending on rent's probably going to go up. But if it's like, oh, I want to be able to rent and I want to be able to afford travel and things like that. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. So it's just like a conversation of like how we want to live our lifestyle. And then that decides the bigger purchases. You know, we recently hired a private chef and things like that. But in terms of weekly budgeting of like, oh, I've got this much to budget on groceries. I've got this much to spend on like beauty or activities. Like I just would spend on whatever I want to spend on. Yeah. Um, how much money is in your bank account right now? I think I don't have my phone on me, so I was going to check the Combank app, but I think from memory, it's probably around 400K. And if you had have asked that three months ago, it would have been above that because in the last three months, I've put down $110,000 for my warehouse deposit, $100,000 towards private mentorship and a 60 plus thousand dollar tax bill. So it would have been sitting over 650K about three months ago, but I've had lots of big expenses. And that's your personal account, not your business account, uh, yeah? It's between both. Between both, yeah. yeah. A mix. How much money do you personally make a month after all business expenses are paid? And maybe we could turn this into more something like, generally, how does your business work? Like, how are you structured? How much do you pay yourself? How much do you take home from that? What does your company make a month? Yeah, so we obviously had conversations about this question prior because it was kind of worded in a way that it would make sense if I was a sole trader. So when you're a sole trader, you are the sole trader of that business. You bring money into the business and then you pay expenses and whatever's left is your money, right? You as the sole trader, it goes under your personal name. So you pay personal tax on that business. When you're a company, which I am, I am actually, um, yeah, I'm a company. So 
it's a little bit different when money comes in. It's not my money, it's the company's money. So when money comes in, then there's expenses, we pay tax on that, whatever. Then there's money left in the company and then that company pays Jesse Williams a a wage or a salary. So there's two different sides to that in terms of what would roughly be the profits that my company would have every month would be around $30,000 in profit. So I run at roughly give or take, but usually a 30 to a 40% profit margin. What I would pay myself is I pay myself three, 3k a week. So um, obviously that $30,000 a month, that's after I pay myself, that's after I pay my team, that's after I pay my mentor, that's after I pay all the standard expenses like subscriptions and things like that. And then there's also big investments that I usually make as well, you know, fitting out my office recently, we've got like a desk, this podcast studio, all of that. Um, you know, I think my office alone was around 15k that goes through my business. It's a business expense. Um, I bought my company car, that's an expense. So there's a lot of expenses within the company that there's purchase that aren't just like, they don't feel like an expense, if that makes sense. And then even my warehouse as well. My company actually bought that bought that warehouse. So love that. All right. Now we're going to flick into some business and money questions. Um, what would you say that your biggest business fail so far is? And I feel like this failure is obviously a huge word. And I think just knowing you, I don't really see that you're going to have an answer for this, yeah. but maybe play with it a little bit then. And it could be like things that have gone wrong in business. Yeah. Or- yeah. So you know me <laughs> and you know that like, there's nothing that I would say that has been a failure in business. Like nothing. Like I truly believe, like, even if you were to ask like, what's one of your biggest life failures or regrets? I'm like, what do you mean? I just live my life. And like some things that they feel higher, some things they're lows, but like nothing ever feels like a failure. And there's nothing that I feel also that I've done. And there hasn't been like an ROI, whether it's emotional, uh, financial, spiritual, like there's always just felt like an ROI to every decision I've made. But in terms of like things that I guess have gone wrong or been frustrating and things like that, there's probably a lot. So from a business um, structural level, I've had things with team members. And so I remember probably the biggest one, um, this was something that a team member did and this team member doesn't work for me anymore. But I remember getting a, a message one night, I was in bed and it just so happened, luckily, my phone wasn't on airplane mode. So I heard it and my team was like, SOS. And I was like, okay, what's gone? Like I knew that was like, my team would not say that. I was like, okay, something's fucked up. And basically they had accidentally deleted my entire email list out of Kajabi. And if anyone knows Kajabi, it's an all-in-one platform. So not only is it like a membership course platform, it's your website, it's your, uh, it takes payments and payment plans and it gives people access to courses, products, all the things. So not only did everyone get deleted out of my email list, but what happened when everyone got deleted is all those people that were on payment plans, it cancelled all of their subscriptions. So whilst my team luckily could get back into contact with Kajabi and they could refind, um, you know, they could export the, the list and they re-imported the whole list. So that went back in, that was fine, problem solved. However, the fucking shit show that came after that was working out because it's not as simple as if someone's on a four-month payment plan let's say and they've made two payments and now their subscription's cancelled they've got two payments left so we actually had to create a new payment plan to put them on and 
you we had to manually get people's permission for that so we had to go through every single fucking person who was on a payment plan individually some of them only had one payment left so we had to give them a link to make their last payment some had two so we had to create two but like we just had to create all these additional payment plans and send them to everyone and thank fucking god like the people in my community we had like a something like a 96 percent follow-through rate where people were like oh my god like I'm so sorry that happened yep and they put their card details in straight away started the new payment plan and then we had I think from memory there was like maybe two people that just ghosted and we never we never saw money from them they saw like well it's fucking cancelled so there's a way out and like yeah it's funny because you never forget the names like you just I'm like (laughs) I remember you for life and like just don't come back yeah so um that that just fucking sucked we've had other little things like I had a team member who accidentally sent out behind the business which is a paid offer that goes out every month and they sent one of the months to my entire email list so everyone got it for free um and then for us to rectify that we gave everyone who had behind the business an additional free month so it felt like everyone got something free little things like that um and then not failures, but things that I've just like held and navigated and stuff like that. Cause I'm kind of just going to take this question and skew it of just like challenges mm. in business. You know, I've held things around people projecting on me. I've had people, uh, you know, write nasty stories about me and then tag me in their stories. I've had an account try and like shit talk me and basically like, what did they say? They said something along the lines of like, there was just people and they were like commenting and stuff. And it was like, um, if this girl makes as much fucking money as she says she does, why is all her furniture from Kmart and shit like that? And I was like, first of all, don't mock Kmart. Kmart's a fucking vibe. That's rude. And secondly, it's actually not. So whatever and oh and they were like and her, her bed sheets are from target or something I was like actually it is but like <laughs> but yeah they just like it was interesting and then actually one of the things which really hurt me it's funny because I can hold stuff like that doesn't even tickle the fucking sides and um one thing and whilst I could hold it now it probably wouldn't hurt now I would navigate it differently now but it, it really hurt me at the time was when I had just had my first 80k month actually but I had posted on my stories that I'd done a 50k month and on my feed I think I'm um, saying like 50k month and I'd celebrated myself and at that time just for background context I'm fine talking about money now like I'm such an open book with money obviously with today's a whole fucking podcast on money but at that time that was a huge fear for me like people seeing me and how much money I was making was fucking terrifying because I was so afraid that people would not be able to see my heart anymore that they would think I was money hungry that they would think that I didn't care about anything other than money that they would think that like I feel like people when they see you making money they forget that you can care about your clients and make money simultaneously they're not like mutually exclusive it's not like you care about your clients or you're making money and it's like in fact I can care about my clients more when I'm making money because I'm not fucking stressed if I can like make ends meet and things like that I'm good my lifestyle's good I'm in overflow and I can show up for a client better it's just like I feel like people's relationship with money like this so much fucking shit around it but it was terrifying and I remember actually having to plug in with my coach being like I can't tell how much people how much money I made this month like I can't say that like I can't do that and and that's what where I was getting coached on and um I did it and then hit an 80k month long story short I got an email from an old client's mum who I had worked with a year prior 
And basically the email said, hi, I'm emailing on behalf of so-and-so because this client worked with me and they re-signed. So they did a three-month container, had such a great experience, re-signed for another three months and things like that. Basically said, hey, when my daughter worked with you, her first three months were absolutely incredible. Everything was amazing. Um, The second three months, she felt like you were getting distant and distracted and all the things and blah, blah, blah. She just feels that she didn't have uh, a great experience. And to be honest, seeing you making $50,000 a month doesn't sit well with me. I could word that, like quote that. Seeing you make $50,000 a month doesn't sit well with me. I want my daughter to be re-compensated. And whilst there were things that that hurt around that, one of the things that hurt was it was a year prior. So this person had come back a year after we finished working together to recoup the payment of that. And I'm like, if it was so bad, why didn't you say something at the time? And The second thing was this client and I actually had a really good relationship where like they were one of the favorite clients, like not that we have favorite clients, but I had a really, really good relationship with this client and genuinely was one of the favorite people that I'd worked with. We had such an incredible experience. And then the third thing that upset me was at that time I was doing mindset coaching and uh, Nourished in 90, uh, uh, which was a hybrid fitness mindset, all the things. And when the client was re-signing for the second time, she was contemplating mindset, which was 5K and she couldn't afford it. So I said, how about we do nourished? I won't give you the training program and I'll give you additional mindset support and things like that. And that's what we did. So it was even like, and this just goes to show, this is why I don't fucking cheapen your work for anyone because it's the people that you give extensions to the put you know, put yourself out the extra mile that are always the one where there's fucking problems. Yeah. And it's funny because there's even like more layers to that, that I won't even speak on, on the off chance that she's listening. Their mum heard this episode, (laughs) but there were even things in that where I was like, I know for a fact there's shit that's not true. Do you know what Mm. I mean? Like where I was like, I know, like, let's just say the mum of all people shouldn't have been the one that was emailing me. So I was just like, this is just a whole, like you're actually taking advantage of me right now because you're seeing me make money and you, you've you just seen a way to get some quick money back, some quick cash back. So that was actually like, honestly, and I've held a fucking lot. I've held the projections. I've held like posts about me, tags about me, like things like that. That actually hurt me the most. Mm. That was probably one of the hardest things that I've held in my entire business career. That's so interesting. And it, like the fact that it was her mum that emailed you as well, it also just puts the question to your mind of like, does she even think this or is it just mm. like mindset from the mum's point of view and it's her driving something, hoping that she's going to get a particular outcome? Mm. Well, I actually ended up saying like, um, hey, like legally speaking, confidentiality wise, like I actually can't discuss this with you. And I said like, if this client actually wants this they need to reach out to me directly and like they did but it's like you know when like you can you get this sense where it's like someone's parent has got into their head around like it just had that energy where I'm like there was like a lack of like conviction there was very much like I don't know it felt very rehearsed I was just it was just not the fucking vibe and like if something like that happened now I would probably be like from a shadow lens I'm just like like it probably wouldn't hit hit but then also equally it's it would be sad but it wouldn't rock me like it did it really really fucking rocked me it was it was hard for me to hold at that time because I was just like it it validated my biggest wound when you start making more money people stop valuing your relationships and and see you as a human anymore and Mm. I was like if I wasn't and and the way that I put it I was like if I wasn't making money or especially if I didn't post about that money would have I got that email absolutely not no way no fucking way so I was just like this actually goes to show how much you making money can actually mirror back people's leaky money shit. What it, what was the outcome of that? Like, did you end up? 
Um, I spoke to the client and I was like, one, I feel like you should have bought this up in the container because we had a relationship where you know you could have done that and you could have been like, hey, I'm noticing you're being distracted. I feel like I'm not like we had that relationship. And I was like, I feel like you could have bought something forward. And then the second thing I was like, and secondly, you had the full service. Like I held a private, we worked privately for the three months. Like you had every call, you had every check-in, like you did the thing, you did the service. And I'm like, but like, I'll honor the fact that like you're disappointed and stuff like that. And I think I reimbursed her like 500 and the container was like 2,800. If that happened now, no one would get a fucking cent. Mm, no. Like that situation now, <laughs> like at that time, that was just out of like, yeah, it really fucking rocked me. And I was just like, I got a little bit fluid on my boundaries. Um, Obviously I had a no refund policy. And at that time I was just like, oh, that was the compromise. But like now I would just honor my boundary. I probably wouldn't even bring that to you. <laughs> like if you, someone you, emailed I wouldn't even, or I did, I'd I wouldn't be like, even hear about it. got this, this is how I've responded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even hear about it. Yeah, true. This is a bit of a, this is a random throwing yeah. question, but more recently ch- business challenges have you had any challenges pop up with fake accounts and stuff? That- oh, fuck. Now, <laughs> I had someone, so there's a there's a couple, but there's this one fake account of me and their Instagram handle is Jessel. <laughs> so if you see Jessel Williams, it's not fucking me. <laughs> Coming for you, Jessel. Honestly, I'm this close to going to the police. I'm not joking. So fucking Jessel Williams. Jessel, they're good. Like, they're good. They're pretty convincing. Um, I've since – so they had me blocked, so I couldn't report them. Um, but I kept checking back, and one day they must have unblocked me to be able to get more of my content because when you block someone, you can't see their stuff either. So they had unblocked me probably to get more stuff, and I just happened to look at it that day. So I quickly blocked and reported them. So now they can't get my stuff. So when you go on their profile, it's all old content now. Like, they can't get anything new. But um, someone said they got on the phone with them and it was an Australian girl, which I think is probably AI because you can get AI voice things and all the stuff. But whatever it is, doesn't matter. Or they've got, you know, people working together simultaneously. But they're, they're quite convincing. They are doing the whole crypto thing. But anyway, someone had gone in a conversation with them and – they had sent for crypto trading thing guaranteed to get their money made back and more or whatever, $30,000. And you can imagine this person out of the shame and disgust they're probably feeling in what just happened, they are going to want someone to blame. And since they can't blame this random person in God knows what country, Jessel, Jessel, <laughs> They're going to blame me, right? And they came to me really, really frustrated. And I just said, it's a scam account. Like they're using my face, but they probably have 50 accounts. It just so happened the one they DM'd you from was mine. Like this, th- these accounts, like they don't have one. Like it's it's a business. Um, And I was, who was I was speaking to? Someone said that they knew someone in... I can't remember what it was, some kind of like, it's not the police, but whatever. They got into one of these scam buildings where a scam and it was like a fucking nest. And they said it was like three levels, like five, like 300 hot desks and all these scammers just going at their laptops. They were running an entire business empire from this building and they got shut down and stuff. But it's like, these aren't just like one little person, like these are mass, like this is their full-time job right? So from that perspective, obviously I didn't explain that, but it's like, this is their full-time job to scan. It just so happened they had made a fake account, copy and pasting, copywriting my intellectual property. I have nothing to do with that and I can't control it. I've reported it three times and Instagram keeps saying this person isn't 
going against community guidelines, which is bullshit, but a whole other story. So I've done my due diligence. And then this person said, I want you to write a letter to the bank saying that it wasn't you, blah, blah. And I want your ID. I was like, one, you know, I'm not a fucking psychopath. You're not getting my ID because then if you're disgruntled, you know where I freaking live. Like I'm not like, uh, mm. I'm not stupid. And I was like, and secondly, what's a letter going to do? What's, what's, the, what's them to stop saying and probably saying you wrote the letter. Like what, what, yeah. and then the other part of that, I was like, do you know how many like Telstra scams, Combank scams there are? Is Telstra writing a letter for every single person that's getting fucking scammed? Like, no, like the banks have a process for this shit and I don't need to be involved. So then I almost started questioning, okay, well, am I getting scammed? Like, is he mm. using my scammer to scam me? Like, that's where, where I went out. I was like, well, why would you ask for my ID? Like, the banks have a process and I know it's almost because like sometimes depending on situations, you, uh, fraud doesn't cover you when you willy, willingly hand it over your details. It's only um, when like someone like takes, steals your card information or whatever. So he might not be covered basically, but started absolutely fucking guilt tripping me, all the things like I'm going to lose my relationship and all this stuff. And I was like, I can't like, what, what do you want me to do? And then basically threatened legal actions my lawyer said this, 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 that you're liable for this and you'll be liable for fraud if you don't comply, blah, blah, blah. And I just said, because I've got a lawyer and I just said, all right, I'm not responding. Any future correspondence, here's my email, get your lawyer to email it directly and I'll get my lawyer to look over anything before I reply. And they said, no worries, I'll send something over. And a couple of days later, I got a message and it says, Jesse, I've got a deal. <laughs> Got a deal for you. You didn't tell me about this. Oh, I haven't? No. Okay, so this is this is the biggest update. This is this is the new scoop. So I was like, called the fucking bluff. I was like, as someone who has a lawyer, everything you just said is bullshit because your lawyer would have told you to not say that. Not because he basically threatened me. He was like, if you don't do XYZ, this will go to media outlets, I'll blast you all over social media. I'm gonna tell everyone what you've done. Like fully, I was like, well, a lawyer would say don't blackmail someone, mm. first of all. So I was just like, whatever, send send me your fucking la- lawyer's letter then. And then, yeah, so it was like three days. I get a DM, Jesse, I have a deal for you. I'm like, here we fucking go. I can afford to, to lose the $30,000, but I can't afford to lose my relationship because basically, long, long story short, apparently it was his fiance's money that he used – who and it was money that she was going to use to open a business or something like that and he'd use it to reinvest and he told her it was like oh my god we're going to make money off it and all the things so she when she found out he got scammed and lost her money she said I'll fucking leave you if you don't get this money back so this was his story anyway I was like I feel like you're guilt tripping me but anyway so he said I can afford to lose the money can't afford to lose my relationship if you pay the $30,000 back to me so I can give it to my fiance I will pay you back through my business and get a business loan over the next 12 months. I was like, you're off your fucking head. Are you on crack? And my next step of action was block because I was like, they've got my email. I've told them the lawyer thing. I know legally my rights and all the things. So I was just like, it was just like a, I just, I just can't with people. I just can't. So that's the story and that's where we're at. And I blocked probably, I reckon like five or six days ago. I just can't believe some people. Like the audacity. Yeah. The audacity. But my question is, was he scammed or was he scamming me? And that's what I'm still not sure about. Because I'm like, we had a look at his profile and stuff and like he looked like a normal, Mm. like he didn't look like someone who would be doing Mm. that sort of stuff. Like it was a real account. It was a real human. 
But I'm like, part of it just feels really unclean. I'm like, and you I'm asked like, for my ID. You asked me to give send you 30K. I'm like, sounds like I'm the one being scammed here. Yeah. And it was like, lucky that you're a solid human. But like, I'm sorry if you're, maybe you deserve for your partner. <laughs> I don't mean that. But like, if yeah. you haven't done your research. And, if, and like, can I just add, you gambled yeah. You sent someone crypto, money for crypto. Yeah. You could lose it anyway, mate. Like, come on. Yeah. How much have you lost the fucking sports bet? That's what I want to know. And if you're doing it through Instagram and stuff as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Surely he would have also, like, either been following you and seen that you'd had scam stuff and you mm. posted and stuff about it before. Or also, like, he, you don't even know the guy. You don't reach out to people for the millionth time. Everybody, she does. She's not going to DM you <laughs> Thank unless you. you know Jesse personally. She's not sliding into your DMs. I'm not and doing neither, it. Neither's Oscar either. By the way. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The fucking. And this is where we're at. You know, it's only going to get worse. I've heard so many freaking horror stories about people getting scammed through AI and things like that. Like um, phone numbers calling them, where it actually comes up as like mum or dad, mum, dad, yeah. like your partner, like whatever, and, and getting scammed and stuff. And I'm just like, you know, apparently AI now you can do voiceover and it changes to, to sorts your voice. I'm just like, buckle up, people, because we've got a new wave of of. It's no longer just the Hey, you've won one million dollars. Email us back. Like that's old news. Like we've oh, you've got, got a parcel being delivered. Yeah, <laughs> click the click link. The link. You, we've got a whole new wave coming of of scammers, and it's not my responsibility. It's your responsibility to stay smart, guys. Yeah, buckle up, buckle up, bitches. <laughs> All right. Next question is a bit of a juicy one around staff. Okay. How much do you pay your staff? What are their detailed roles? And what were their attributes that made you say fuck yes to hire them? Yeah. So I've got permission to share how much you're on. Yeah. Um, and all the amazing attributes that I have. And <laughs> what was my big yes? So I'm going to go into the attributes first. Intuition. Mm. Like just the vibe. Um, so I would say from a practical level, one, you um, took the extra energy in your application terms of I got a lot of written applications you actually sent a video application in and you were like hey like I'm really didn't want to do this and I'm actually nervous but I did want to stand out and things like that and and you took um, initiative to to do something to stand out and it paid off I think a big thing was I could tell that you were someone who would take initiative which is something I really really wanted in my BM role was someone who wouldn't just like be a task ticker but actually go the extra length with that. I would say your confidence was huge, like almost like borderline cocky. <laughs> borderline cocky and I loved it. Like, um, <laughs> do you want to tell everyone what you put on your resume? Oh, yeah. So in my resume, it was just like the one page summary and in my experience section, mm-hmm. up the top, I had like my old job and then I actually inserted business manager, Jesse Williams group. And then I just put like a little loading arrow and then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she was, was, she was cocky. It on in there. She was cocky. And then, but you were very much like where cockiness is bad is when you're actually ignorant. Mm. Like you're being cocky and you can't back it up. But what I felt with you was like, she's almost like cocky, confident, but she can fucking back it up. Like she can back it up. And I just really felt like you were able to articulate yourself, give answers why, reasons why, like what you really saw. And I could just tell you were the kind of person that actually wanted to grow within your role. I just knew that you would want to support the company's growth because you wanted to grow within that company as well. Um, so I would say that um, I just knew you were like 
it's something so simple, but just tech savvy. Like, you know, I just knew you would pick things up. I could tell you'd be a fast learner. Um, and then you just had like the right mindset and things like that. And you were just like how you just presented and spoke and things like that. I just was like, yeah, she's just a unicorn. Um, and I feel like when we were hiring for Nat's role as well, Mm -hmm. that they were very similar attributes. Like it was really that resourcefulness. It was the initiative. It was being able to move fast paced and stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Like I think that was really important, but also being able to be fluid in that not every day is going to be the same and sometimes shit could come up, but we just need people that can deal with that and Mm. move through things. And I think the ego thing was a big thing as well. Yeah. When I was involved in like looking for Nat and our person as well. It was someone who can, because we're both can be quite blunt and stuff at points. And Mm. it's just like conversation, like someone who's not going to take that personally. It's just part of the business. We still love them regardless of Mm. what we're saying and can just move quickly. Yeah. And someone that wouldn't sue me if I called him a cheeky little cunt. Like I wanted someone where I can crack a freaking joke and like, I'm good to my staff guys, but like I wanted someone where like I could crack a joke or say something silly or be unprofessional and swear on things. And someone's not going to be like, yeah, you know, like, oh my gosh, I'm wounded and I'm hurt because like, they probably just said it to me. Yeah. Like, like you would probably call me a cheeky little cunt. So (laughs) you would, I would. (laughs) So I just wanted, I wanted humor. I wanted playfulness. I wanted just a beautiful energy also something in both things was I wanted someone who had done a base level of personal development I was like you're gonna fucking drown in my business if you haven't and you both had um Nat was actually a past past like client of mine so I already knew like her energy and I would say one of the main things about Nat she didn't have heaps of roles that kind of translated over to this role other than customer service experience which client experience but she's just a beautiful person like you know when it's just like I I I trust that you'll be able to learn everything and survive and you've just you're a good person and that's actually felt like enough for me yeah 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 a hundred percent and she just her heart was straight into the business Mm. like there was never any hesitation and if yet she was asked to do something she was like yeah absolutely and we'll just ask questions if she wasn't sure about Mm. it like it was very much like an all-in attitude from the get-go And I would say, Nat, we intuitively knew straight away. Like, Mm. remember when we were like, who do you think it's going to be? And that was Nat before we interviewed anyone. We just felt that. And then the interviews confirmed that. So it was a strong intuitive pull. With you, I was a little bit less sure because remember I reposted about the resumes after. But it wasn't because I was unsure about you. I was certain on you. But I had interviewed a lot less people. So my inner scarcity brain, one, it was the first employee I was ever committing to. So it was just big. Mm. And secondly, I was like almost in my head was like, oh, I should have interviewed more people to make sure rather than like, I think I only got on a call with, I I shortlisted a few and then I only got in a call with you and one other person. And I felt like, oh, surely I've got to interview more people first to just make sure. And then I came back into like, why? Like, and, and then I obviously made the decision. It was the best decision ever. That was where my, I remember my cocky confidence coming out there because you remember when you put that post up and yep. it was like, um, would be interested in seeing any more resumes you've got until whenever. I think I messaged you and I was like, no, you don't. You did. <laughs> yeah. You were like, you were like, like, um, you actually don't, you've, you've already found me. You don't need to um, interview anyone else. And I was like, and then I think you responded and you're actually like, I've actually already deleted the thing. Um, I'll be in, like someone will be in contact, contact soon or my team will be in yeah. contact soon. Because I was like, she's right. <laughs> she called me out of my shit already. Yeah. So that was a good time. Um, so in terms of how much you're both paid, so Nat is currently on 77,000 plus super and Mads is on 100,000 plus super. Making bank. <laughs> she's doing good. She's living a good life. 
And then it's what are their detailed roles? Do you want to just quickly talk to them? Um, yeah. So I'll speak to Nats and you can maybe speak. To, do you know what? You can speak to them better because you communicate with Nat even more than me. Yeah. So the way that we define our roles really is I work on the business and Nat works in the business. So essentially when I first started, I was doing a bit of a mix of both. Um, but when Nat came in, we were able to really kind of determine the two differences. So Nat does everything from all of the customer support stuff. She does all of like the emails that go out regarding offers, offer updates, all those sorts of things. She also does a lot of like the social media stuff that like she's really creative in that aspect as well. Um, She looks after like the potty posting, all those sorts of things. She's really like the client experience person. She manages all of our Facebook groups. Um, If anyone emails the team, any questions or anything, she'll always be the person that gets back to everyone. Yep. Contract, client contracts, start dates, my calendar. And then even after we do calls as well, like um, if I run, let's just say a tenacity call, Nat is the one that will upload the replay Mm -hmm. to the portal and send out the emails around that and she'll make little clips and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess she does. Yeah. She really helps with your calendar management and stuff as well. So keeping you on track, which sometimes can be a bit of a miss. (laughs) Yeah. So even every Monday and every Thursday, so on a Monday morning, first thing I'll get a message from her with a rundown of my day, like what needs to be done and what's being done on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then on Thursday, I get what's happening Thursday and what's happening Friday. She'll also update me. Hey, it's so-and-so's last week with you today. Hey, so-and-so's last call. Voxer closes today. She's just really just keeps me like so that I don't have to worry about any of that. I just trust that she'll let me know. And then my role is more, I guess, working on the business. So I do a lot of our our contractor client relationships and those sorts of things. So I work with all of our photographers, graphic designers and all those sorts of things, getting branding ready for all of the offers and stuff that we've got going out. Um, And then I stay across the business at a high level, like with more with like website stuff. If any updates and stuff need to be done to that, then I'll look at that. Or if there's any like legalities or contracts or process improvements and those sorts of things that I will be the one that kind of leads all those things. I think a big part of my role and what I'm stepping into is really being creative with where the business is going. So if I see processes or changes that we could be making for the longevity of the business and just the direction that we're heading in, then I'll bring those forward and start to really drive some of those conversations and potentially see where changes need to be made and kind of lead those. Mm. Um, If I've got ideas for, I guess, as we move into entrepreneurship, things that we could be looking at or improving on, or even like I do a lot of our email marketing, not specifically with the offers that we've got, but um, like what we've got coming up or moving forward with some of the changes that we've got coming to the business in terms of how we structure um, our offers and stuff like looking at what the marketing plan for those is going to look like so Mm. I get to be quite creative and stuff with those sorts of things and then also pull it into execution so what I usually try and do is come up with things that you haven't thought of yet and that will be better for the business long term that's going to help us scale um, and really bring those forward and just yeah start those conversations and get things going. Mm. And kind of what you said around like you use the word more of the entrepreneur lens because Nat's role is kind of like supporting any client slash student slash whatever um, within the education part of my company so coaching, mentoring, teaching, 
courses and things. Whereas you're kind of like the overall Jesse Williams brand where with my new business venture that I'm doing with my best friend and business partner, you've been heavily involved in both of those companies, Her Frequency, which is the retreat company and also can't give you the details of the other (laughs) company yet, but you've been overseeing that as well, overseeing manufacturing communications and things Mm -hmm. like that. So very much like as it's like, you know, the big vision of the podcast, you kind of look at all of the different channels of Jesse Williams of, you know, my coaching company, my podcast, uh, my product-based company, my retreat company, and you're kind of overseeing everything and seeing how it all ties in together as well, which is cool. Yeah. 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 So that's really about it. Just a couple of things that I do on my day to day. Just a few things, (laughs) but it's great. Um, Okay. Lucky last question. How long did it take for you to build from zero to 8K in your online coaching business? Um, I really have no idea. Maybe so online, maybe like 12 months. I remember when I first started with Matt, I must have been, must have been about 12 months or a bit less. And then when I started with Matt, who was my first ever business coach, I was doing 8,000 Oh no, I was doing 8,000 in total. Okay. So it's really hard because I was tracking my revenue from the gym and online for a long time together. I wasn't really doing them separate, but I remember with Matt hitting a 16K month. And I remember at that time I was doing about 50% um, on the gym floor and 50%. So that would have meant I had an 8K online month with him which I remember was a double in my revenue. So I reckon it took me like um, maybe six months to get to zero to 4K a month. And then when I, and then I, when I started with Matt, it took me three months to double that. That's crazy. Isn't yeah. It? How long did it take you to go from that then to 20K months? I reckon like eight months. And then I hired another coach and I went, oh, sorry, no. Uh, yeah, I reckon like eight months, sorry. And then I went from 20 to 35K months in another three months again. Yeah. So every time I hired a mentor, it went from like, like it was like 16 up, down, up, down, up, down. But it was like going around 15 to loosely 20K up, down, up, down. Couldn't get past that. And then when I hired my next mentor, I went 20, 35, like straight away. Yeah. And then my next mentor, 35, 50. So it's just always like, Yeah. This is why I just preach mentorship. Yeah. I've like literally seen it leap me every time. It's amazing. Mm. And it's incredible how just like getting different people in your world at a point that's right can really just move the needle so much. Yeah. Well, today was good. It wasn't as funny. Mm. We didn't have as many lols, but it was a little bit juicy and everyone learned that I've got real tits. So problem, <laughs> like no one has to, there's no mystery around that anymore. Um, everyone knows how much my team makes. So I feel like today was a little bit more like exposing yeah. as opposed to yep. funny, but I feel like you guys control the question. So you set the, the tone for the episode and today you chose exposing and you, that's what you got. Mm-hmm. Get to know all the behind the scenes juicy stuff. Yeah. So thank you for tuning in and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye guys.